Hello and welcome to any given Sunday Dynasty League pod. We are here. It is almost draft season. The NFL draft is, as we're recording, just a couple of days away. We're super excited about it. Um, but now it's time for us to drop our Devi rankings. For so long, we've been talking about different Devi players and passing, but now we are unveiling what has been months of research so that you, yes, you, our competitors, but also friends, have an opportunity of being able to compete with Justin and I as we run for the title. I mean, <laughs> someone needs to take third place, right? So maybe that someone can be you. Uh, this pod, we're not going to do the boring, like, here's our number one. Here's our number two. You go do that on your own time. Our time is too valuable. Um, it'll, it's on the, the league page right now as you're listening to this. Go watch it. But right now, what we're going to do is just kind of break down some players that maybe you've heard of, maybe you haven't. That really stood out to us. We're going to have some arguments, Justin and I, as we look at our, each other's rankings and we think, you know, why did that idiot do that? Um, and, and more. So kind of stay tuned for what could be a little bit of a longer pod than we're used to giving, but I promise you it'll be chuck full of knowledge. Before we jump in, Justin, how you doing today, man? Man, I am good. We're recording this on Friday afternoon, which means we are six short days away from the first round of the NFL draft. The Kansas City Chiefs have just traded away their 31st pick. Um, so things are already shaking up big time. I'm stoked. This is the last week of having to do all this research about guys whenever everything's going to change anyway on Thursday night. So we're really excited for uh, what's coming up. And glad to be here with you, my man. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Hours of research that's going to be completely thrown out of the window <laughs> five <Yep>. minutes into <laughs> Thursday. <Yeah. laughs> <Yep>. But uh... <laughs> It's so true, man. Like when... When Jalen Waddle ends up being the second wide receiver taken, he climbs my boards, and that's all there is to it. That, that's all there is to it. He gets he, he's gonna go higher. You have to pick him before Rashad Bateman when Rashad Bateman goes in the third to Tennessee. I, look, I you agree. Have to. Like, I agree. I think this is one thing that I I, I don't struggle with all that much. Uh, I know a lot of people <laughs> do. Is take lock where it's like I loved a guy, so I have to love a guy. The reality is, if Kadarius Tony gets drafted in the in the first fifteen picks, I hate Kadarius Tony. Guess who's going to have Kadarius Tony? Me. Um, I I didn't like Henry Ruggs. I think Henry Ruggs is trash. But you know what? In some of my leagues, at the end of the first round or beginning of the second, when he fell to me, sure, yeah, why not take a shot on him? Yeah. Don't yeah. have take lock, kids. That's that's the the message of the day. <laughs> um, so Justin, let me uh, let me just ask you preliminarily before we jump into all of this. What is your thoughts on this year's Devi class? Um, just general ideas that you have moving forward. Man, this is so this year. So compared to the 2021 class, running backs of the future are so exciting to me. Next, like for me, a lot of people are looking ahead to the 2023 class a lot for dynasty, you know, typical dynasty drafts. I'm trying to stockpile some 2022s because I want some of these backs that we're going to be talking about. I, I want to get my hands on two or three or sometimes four. I think it's going to be a really deep class of a lot of talent, especially when the quarterbacks are looking like they're going to have, you know, three guys maybe that are kind of worth first-round picks um, versus the five this year. Um, so I think it's going to be a real switch based off of what's happening. And wide receivers is going to be deep forever, I think, from now on. Um, but man, when it comes running backs of 2022, this, this is, I think it's going to be one of those classes that we talk about, like the, the class from a few years ago with Kamara and Christian McCaffrey and company. 
Yeah, I think running backs 2022 is great. I'm still on the 2023 bandwagon. Uh, I believe 2023 is going to be a generational uh, class in all my dynasty leagues. I am right now. No one cares about 2023 picks. And so I get people to throw in firsts like it's Pez and I'll take it all uh, because I think that 2023 class wide receivers, running backs, especially quarterbacks are going to be so incredible. Um, I mean, DJU, Bryce Young coming out. You got some guys we're going to talk about in the running back class. Uh, 2023, I'm calling it now, going to be probably the best draft class overall that I've ever had, like seen in my lifetime from when it comes to balance over all positions. I think, um, I don't think any one position they're going to be the best on, but I think all of the collective whole, it's going to be in a fantastic draft class. Man, I hope you're right. That'd be a lot of, be really exciting. But let's jump into today. Uh, As we kind of have looked at each other's uh, rankings, we composited a consensus that you guys are seeing. But what you guys are seeing isn't my list and it's not his list. It's a combination of the two. Uh, And so we're going to kind of highlight some players that we just want to talk about. Players that maybe aren't our favorite or our least favorite, but just players that are interesting to us. Uh, Justin, how about you start us off? Talk to us about a Debbie running back that really is standing out to you. Yeah, so you and I approach um, just like football study kind of differently. Um, maybe maybe it's because my background is like a player and done some coaching and stuff, but I love film study. I can't get enough of just watching a guy, right? So a lot of these guys, I can watch their highlight clip in about two minutes in. I know if they're a running back that I think is going to succeed, if, if they have a running style I don't like, whatever it is, just very quickly, which we'll get to both of those things shortly. Um, and so I'm going to talk about a guy that on film absolutely stood out to me. And that's Jerry and Ely from Ole Miss, a sophomore running back. Um, so he's my running back four, consensus RB5. So Bishop doesn't have him too much behind me. Um, but as a sophomore last year, he had 147 attempts, 745 yards and nine tutties um, in the SEC. But what I liked is his game, his best game all year long was the game against Alabama. If your best game is against Alabama, you've got my attention. Now, granted, all of Ole Miss's best game was against Alabama. They were well prepared for that game. I think they ran for like 300 yards as a team. It was ridiculous. Like, Jane Ely ran for, had 19 attempts for 120 yards and two touchdowns and was the second leading rusher on his team in that game. And they ran all over Bama. But... This dude's electric. He's absolutely phenomenal. He's shifty. He's a one-cut kind of guy, which is my personal favorite. Whether it's Madden, whether it's real life or, or uh, fantasy, I want one-cut back. Those are the guys that over the t- over the length of time, whether it's Emmett Smith, whether it's Chris Johnson, Jamal Charles, like these are the guys that continue to succeed and have a high hit rate. Um, so he needs to add a little bit of weight. I mean, he's rolling about 185, 190 right now, depending where you look. But if he can get up to that 200, 205, I see a lot of J.K. Dobbins in him, a ton of J.K. Dobbins in him. And we all, I mean, I think we're all in love with J.K. Dobbins, the athlete at this point. Um, and so you put Jane Ely com- comparable to J.K. Dobbins and then on an offense that doesn't have Lamar Jackson. And it's wheels up, baby. I'm ready to go. Like, I'm all in on that action. So Jane Ely is, has got my eye. No, no, he has both of my eyes. I'm all in on him in the 2022 class. Yeah, I've got to say I'm really excited with him, too. Uh, you're someone who we've talked about him before, but your passion kind of got me to fall into it a little bit more. And uh, he's risen up my boards. Really big fan of him. There's not going to be many drafts next year that I'm going to leave without him uh, in yeah. Dynasty because I think he has such upside potential. Uh, to mention your point, you are more of a film guy. That's kind of where your talents lie. I'm an analytics guy. I like to crunch the numbers and look at uh, different things like that. So our approaches are slightly different, which led me to falling in 
uh, love with another player, Kyron Williams, running back out of Notre Dame. He's my running back eight, consensus running back seven. And last year, he blew me away. He proved that he could be a bell cow, managing a heavy workload. He, he had 211 rush attempts, 35 catches. Uh, dude was incredible for over almost 1,500 yards of total offense. But the thing that I love about him, more than anything else, is his pass blocking. He is the best pass blocker on my list for all running backs any year. Um, I think he wow. has carved out a role for himself right off the bat, just purely for that. In fact, 24-7 Sports did an interview with him when he was a senior in high school. And they asked him what his favorite trait about himself was. And in high school, it was my pass blocking. Uh, and he's not stopped uh, proving that. He's also wildly efficient. I mean, he's averaging almost five and a half yards a carry, almost nine yards a catch. The dude is electric. He's going to fly under radars because he doesn't have that explosive play style that everyone loves. But he is a tenacious worker, and I think he could carve out a third down role for himself starting day one. That's my thought, at least. Justin, you have any thoughts on, on him? Yeah, so he's actually a guy that um, I think you and I talked about him probably a month and a half ago, um, where I just, and the more I watch film on him, the more I like him. Um, like, he's a one-cut guy. He's a little undersized. Um, but like you said, he may not he may not turn 10-yard rushes into 60-yard rushes, but he turns four-yard rushes into seven-yard runs all the time. Uh, he continues to turn his legs. Um, that's the kind of guy that's going to have longevity. And he knows how – I mean, he just, he just knows his way around a defense. Well, you know, he knows when to go down and when to press harder. Um, and I love – he has a nose for the end zone, man. That dude, when he gets on the goal line, he finds his way in. So I'm a, I'm a big fan as well. So I love that you brought him up. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, uh, let's pivot over to the wide receiver position here. Um, what's a wide receiver that really caught your eye as you were doing your study? Yeah, so this is a guy um, that – he didn't even play last year, um, did not opt out. Like, he, he didn't play last year, and he's going to play next year. <laughs> Those are hard to find. Um, but Justin Ross, wide receiver out of Clemson. Um, so if you don't know the story after – let me just pull up pull it up real fast. It's, like, right here. In 2018 – oh, sorry. In 2019, he had 66 receptions, 865 yards, and eight touchdowns, which is awesome. However, it's not as good as his 2018. Well, I guess it depends on what you're looking for. But he had 46 receptions in 2018, but for 1,000 yards and nine touchdowns. Okay, this dude, that was, his, that was his freshman campaign, right? This dude has been an absolute stud. Then he had an injury, right? And this man, he uh, had, I can't even say the first word. What is it? Con congenital? Congenital? <laughs> um, he had a really bad fusion condition of his neck and spine, and it just about killed the guy. Um, so, but he got cleared by doctors. He's back to doing low contact, uh, reps. He's, I mean, uh, according to coach Sweeney, he's, you know, he's able to, he technically could, you know, be out there, but they're playing it slow. Um, I don't think he didn't play in their spring game this year. They're going to kind of wait until the fall to get him back out there. Um, but with the numbers that I just said, he's an absolute stud. This is a guy that if he's able to come back, which we'll talk about later, I do get skeptical whenever it comes to injuries. Um, but this dude is a top 10 wide receiver for me in all of Debbie because of his absolute ability to stand out on a very talented Clemson offense. He was able to be the guy. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to him next year. Um, and you have to pull for him, right? Like that's the kind of guy that you, you want to pull for. You want him to succeed. Um, and so I'm like, you know, let's, let's go in and put him up there then. If I'm going to draft him early, I might as well tell you all that I genuinely have him maybe even a little bit higher than I should based off of his story, though. 
Yeah, I mean, he's the Alex Smith of, of wide receivers with what he was able mm-hmm. to accomplish. And um, he's unbelievable talent is just flying everywhere when he's on the field. One of the things that really sticks out to me analytically, at least, is the amount of separation he gets on his routes. Yeah. Uh, and, and you look at what an average wide receiver gets, he gets nearly two times that, meaning the way <laughs> that he's able off of cut to get past people is amazing. I think it's just going to be um, his recovery process through this and seeing how he falls out the other side. Uh, my wide receiver that I kind of want to hit on is Drake London out of USC. He's my wide receiver eight, consensus wide receiver seven. Last year in six games, only six games, he had 33 receptions, 502 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, that may not sound like much, and I get that, except for the fact that when you consider he was on the same team as Amon Raw St. Brown, who's going to the NFL, and Tyler Vons, also going to the NFL, he actually led the team in receiving yards. So he was the best on his team in that. Not only that, but he was top five in the Pac-12 in receptions, yards, and touchdowns behind two NFL guys. Um, his efficiency is incredible. What he can do after the after he catches it is remarkable. And when you pair that with the fact that he's six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds, uh, he's a red zone threat beyond all red zone threats. Not to mention the fact that he was also uh, a basketball player for the USC Trojans his freshman year. Dude is an athlete, a talented guy, and I'm excited to see what he can do in the pros, especially as a kind of um, red zone first primarily guy early in his career that I think could really branch out and show a lot to his game. He has to work on his route running, his crisp route running. He has for the grand majority of his life been able to just outrun people and be taller and bigger than them. That's not going to fly in the NFL. Assuming he gets that down uh, in his junior year, I'm excited to see the prospects of him. Anything you want to add to that, Jay? I mean, you had me at six foot five, two ten. <laughs> um, I mean, and you know, everyone knows I love Amon Ross St. Brown this year. He is the most polarizing guy in the 2021 draft for fantasy. And I, he's, I mean, he's a guy that I'll probably be leading a lot of drafts with. And that's probably not true because I'm not as hot as like the hottest guys, but I'm definitely cool. I believe that way. Right. Um, and so the fact that like you said, he led the team in receiving yards, despite playing on the same field as a guy that I think has a legit NFL prospect is fascinating. Let me ask you one question that I, I didn't prepare you for. So if you don't have an answer for it, you can edit it out of the show. Um, but what do you think his four, what kind of range would his 40 yard dash be? Do you think? Cause I think size so, si- that big with speed puts you as a top tier guy, that size with mediocre speed puts you in a, a, a really large group of receivers that some have succeeded and some haven't. Yeah. Um, so as we're talking here, I'm going to load up his 24-7 because I don't know if he ran in the openings, which is a uh, senior. and It's like a combine for high school seniors. Uh, he did not. I would imagine that his 40 time would be roughly uh, that of Amon Royal Saints Browns, quite frankly. I think between a uh, mid 4-5 to early 4-6, which sounds bad. That sounds bad, but it's not. Um, many wide receivers hit that mark. I mean, fa- famously, Jerry Rice ran like, what was it, a 4-7-5 or something? So I actually think his speed's not what's going to get him in the NFL. I think it's going to be his ball handling skills. But I, yeah, I would guess between probably a four six and a four or a four five six to a four six five. Yeah, if he can run, if he runs low four five to like high four four, he. I mean, who knows, right? And so I'm really I, he's a guy that I'm just really excited for. Like you said, even in that speed bracket that he's in, his forty yard dash is one thing. His speed score though will be really impressive at that size. Yeah, and I mean, his shuttle time is is going to be incredible. He is very, very yeah. quick on his feet for someone that big and lumbering, which quite frankly matters more in the NFL than straight line speed. 
And that's uh, why you should Peter. like Nico Collins, kids. And that's why you should like Nico Collins. Hey, hey, this isn't the 2021 show. We'll get there next week. Let's focus on the Debbie guys now. That's fair. That's fair. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, man, that's going to be a debate we're going to have on that show is our Nico Collins disagreement. But uh, for now, let's uh, let's kind of run through the end of these guys we want to highlight. So we've gone through our favorite wide receivers, our favorite running backs. Who's a guy that you want to highlight, spotlight uh, as a quarterback? Yeah, so whenever it comes to quarterback, Sam Howell, quarterback from North Carolina, is my guy. Um, I'm a huge – I was a huge fan of his a year ago, um, and that's when he had a 61.4 completion rate, which he raised to 68.1. I liked him then when he averaged 8.5 yards per rush. Now he averaged over 10 yards a rush. Quietly, quietly. No one's talking about Sam Howell the athlete. Okay, we can talk about why that is on another show for another time. I think it's because he's white. Because my man over here has only one game last year without a, a rush of 10 yards or more. Only one. All the other games. And they played a full schedule out there in the ACC. And he ran for over 10 yards at least one time in every single one of those games. Sam Howell is quite the athlete. Um, and just sne- sneaky, man. And he, honestly, if he, let's say he gets those numbers up just a little bit more this year he legitimately might be the number one overall draft pick next year. And we need to be ready to say that. And judge judge the athlete, not the helmet, all right? I know, I know. There's, a, there's famously another quarterback from North Carolina who's athletic. I, I know that, right? Um, and we're not, we don't mind what I can say his name. So we don't have to, okay? But Sam Howell is different. This is a guy that is accurate on all of his throws. This will be his third year as a starting quarterback rather than just one. And his numbers are exceptional rather than numbers being above average and maybe high potential. This is a dude that legitimately should be, in my opinion, considered in for the number one overall pick next year with him and Rattler probably depending on and that's going to be coaching style more than anything uh, depending on who gets that pick probably uh, so Sam Howell number one overall pick and a quarterback that has all of my attention for that rushing upside look this is the any given Sunday podcast y'all know I love me some Ryan Tannehill a guy who will run for third I have a 13 yard rush for every single game and that's 1.3 yards that's him throwing for 35 more yards Right, I will take that every day and twice on Sunday. So very excited about Sam Howell going forward. Do you have any thoughts about about my my man out there in Tar Heel Nation? Sam Howell is an interesting guy for me. I totally believe that he could be the number one overall pick. I think that's actually not outside of the realm of possibility, maybe even probability, depending on what Spencer Radler does. Uh, My biggest concern for him is just honestly seeing him this year. Last year, he could rely a lot on his scheme. Now, he didn't. Admittedly, he did push the ball down the field, averaging 11 yards of attempt, which is unbelievable. I mean, he was driving the ball in an offense where he didn't have to. So I I applaud him for that. Calling you out, Spencer Radler. Learn to throw the ball more than five yards. Um, And I think his athleticism is sneaky. Sam Howell's concern for me is when you take away Javante Smith, when you take away Michael Carter, Daz Newsome, Deami Brown, who is he? Next year's going to prove us a lot because he's not going to have anyone to rely on other than himself. I think next year could make uh, – he could be my quarterback one next year. He could also be my quarterback three next year. It just honestly depends as to what happens next year. With that being said, like I just said, his floor is quarterback three for me. So, like, I, I love the guy <laughs> in the 2022 yeah. class. I'm really, really high on him. The guy I kind of wanted to highlight is a guy who's quarterback 10 on my list, 
He's uh, consensus quarterback 12, uh, low, low on, on Justin's list. Desmond Ritter uh, out of Cincinnati. <laughs> now, remember, I want to be careful to say, I'm not saying he's the best. This is a guy I just wanted to spotlight, to highlight. And here's <laughs> why. Uh, he's a three-year starter. He has proven to be competent and efficient, very efficient. He does not throw interceptions. Uh, he's never had double-digit interceptions, actually, in his career, which I find to be remarkable. He also manages good uh, – decision-making, which is something you can't necessarily just teach. He always extends plays with his legs, but generally is looking down the field to do it, doesn't throw high uh, contested balls, and is constantly overperforming expectation. So Desmond Ritter, that's the guy for me. Good zip on the ball, good intelligence, a lot of arm strength that's over um, overlooked. But what's even more incredible is add that to 1,825 rush yards <laughs> and 22 career touchdowns. And this dude is a beast. I think you have a very special prospect here with his athleticism. Um, I have him anywhere in the 2022 class, quarterback three behind Sam Howell or quarterback six. Um, I actually have him ranked at his floor right now, but I believe he could be something electric. Am I crazy in believing in Desmond Ritter? You're not crazy. You're not crazy. Um, and I'll be transparent with everybody. This will be your freebie for listening. He's Bishop's quarterback 10, and I'm 99% sure he wasn't on my top, top like, 15 or even for the, for the position, right? Um, and it's only because of this. I've seen a lot of athletic quarterbacks come from small, you know, a group of five quarter teams where, like, they could throw the ball pretty well. They were pretty athletic, but they weren't good enough at either one. Um, and so I'm, I'm just concerned. I'm just concerned. Um, I, 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 I like him. I'm watching film on him was one of the few guys I actually watched the entire – like 15 minute video on because it was fun so I really enjoy watching him I think he'll be like a sixth round pick and it'll be and it'll be a little rough but until then I support it <laughs> I don't know why well, I just did that bear down <laughs> Desmond Desmond Ritter uh I think he could be Gardner Minshew I legitimately believe that a good backup who in a, in a given pinch could step in that's kind of where I actually expect him to be but yeah. you always look at the upside. And so that's why I kind of wanted to highlight him is just look at that upside. Um, let's, let's end out our conversation of guys we want to highlight here with a position I don't care about, but you really do. Uh, so let's, let's pitch a tight end to you. Who's a tight end you want to highlight, Justin? All right. So I played defensive end when I was in high school. So, you know, right there on the outside. We always did a five shade. So I'm always on the outside of the tackle, which means – your boy knows what it's like to have a good run-blocking tight end right there and take that double team. So I want to highlight a guy that I can't get enough of when it comes to his blocking, Jake Ferguson, tight end at Wisconsin. Uh, he's my tight end seven, and he didn't make our consensus list, I don't think, because <laughs> Bishop hates him. Um, but he's got absolutely great hands. That's like – he's and I have in my notes, he's a solid athlete. Like, he's, I think he – he knows how to run a 10-yard out route, and he can run the seam, right? He's kind of – you're kind of tied in from seven years ago type thing, you know, where I think he would have been even more highly sought out, you know, seven to ten years ago. Um, but he's the kind of guy that is going to get immediate playing time because he's a great blocker. Like, you have the conversation right now with Kyle Pitts, right, where everybody – sorry to bring up 2021 again, but everybody's like, you know, he's going to be great at catching and make, it, make a dynasty – or make a fantasy impact but he's a liability at the run game right now. It's going to take him a while to learn. Whereas in Ferguson immediately gets goal line looks because that's where you run the ball a lot. So he's going to be there for the play actions. 
Um, honestly, I think this is going to be a great red zone target, a great run blocking guy that literally as a rookie will get solid playing time as a tight end. Um, and as a guy that I'm, I'm honestly, I can't wait to get, because like I said, that rookie year, unlike most tight ends, he's going to have immediate some fantasy impact, which would be really cool. Um, and so he'll, like I said, right at the end, he will transition quickly, but we'll also have a lower ceiling than a lot of these guys. And that's why I have him at tight end seven. Yeah, I, uh, he's consensus tight end nine. Um, I do not like him just because that's he of his low ceiling. Again, I think you're taking shots at, at that. But I will say this. It would not surprise me at all if he walks in day one as the starting tight end of, of an NFL roster. Yeah. He can seal the backside of a run play going the opposite direction. He can pop out and become the lead blocker with relative ease. One thing that really impressed me as I was looking through some of the film is his downfield blocking is yeah. remarkable. He doesn't give up on plays. He, mm. You will see so many times at Wisconsin where a running back will take it outside 20, 23 yards down the field. A guy starts closing in and all of a sudden out of nowhere, here comes slow trotting Jake Ferguson <laughs> and take care of business. So He's going to run like a 4-8. <laughs> Maybe bad, a 4-7. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he, he is really impressive. Uh, the tight end I wanted to highlight, I want to paint you a mental picture, Justin. You ready for this? <clears throat> There is a guy in high school. He comes out and he declares to college as an athlete. What are you picturing? You're probably picturing a five, nine and a half skill or skillful, but not really identifiable position guy, very fast. No. There was an athlete who came out at six, seven, 265 pounds, verified as a senior in high school. <laughs> And he was recruited to the University of Georgia. And they, he walked in day one, and they had no idea what to do with it. He had played quarterback, running back, wide receiver, defensive end. He had done everything. And they chose the only position he has never started a game at in his life. <laughs> tight end. I'm talking about Darnell Washington. 6'7", 265, tight end out of Georgia. I believe he has tied in one uh, ability in him. I think he has Kyle Pitts level ceiling. I think he could be an absolute stud. Let me give you the strength. His catch radius is like a Sherman tank. You throw it anywhere <laughs> in his vicinity, that joker's coming down with it. He has strong hands and good speed. He is strong as an ox. Talking about the Sherman tank, he could probably bench it. That's what he brings to the table. However, his weakness is he doesn't know how to block because he's literally never been asked to. Like, he was a wide receiver. So I don't know what he, what he can turn into. He's got some coaching. Uh, and last year, he didn't produce at all, like, at all for Georgia. Like, he did nothing for Georgia. Because, like I said, he literally never played this position before. It was basically a redshirt year for him. Watch Darnell Washington, because if he gets it together, I mean, we're talking about a freak athlete we've never seen. Six foot seven, 265 pounds, I could run a 40 in, like, what? Maybe a 4'7", four, 4'6", four, I mean, that would be insane. Uh, so yeah. keep an eye on Darnell Washington. Justin, do you have any thoughts at all, <laughs> Darnell Washington? I mean, he was on my list. You know, he's a guy that I looked at um, for sure, and I've got mad respect for. And maybe it's just the fact that I played defensive end, and I loved whenever we had that receiving specialist tight end outside of me. I was like, great. I'm going to put my hands on this tackle. I'm going to throw a hip into that tight end, and everything's fine. Literally, we're, we're good here now versus going against the Jake Ferguson, right? Um, and so maybe maybe there's a little bit of personal bias because, like you said, he's an absolute stud. He's a beast. Um, and if he can learn how to block, which you're that big, just put your body on him, right? You're that strong. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, no, blocking is definitely a skill, and it takes a lot of time to perfect it. But 
yeah, I'm, I'm in, man. That was a great mental picture to paint. I'm glad you, thank you for taking me there. You're welcome. You're welcome. And to all those <laughs> you, of you listening, you're also welcome. You're Darnell welcome. Washington. Second round Debbie pick. You just go ahead you're and pull welcome. the trigger. If you're sitting there at the 203, Jeff Darby, pull the trigger on Darnell Washington. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Please don't do that. Uh, that, is not, that is not advice to follow. It would be um, too so, early. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's too early always. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump into our kind of our biggest differences. This is where we're going to kind of spar up a little bit. Before we do that, I do want to say this. You're going to be looking at our comp, uh, composite rankings, and you're going to see as wide receiver number one, a 2023 guy that you may have never heard of, uh, Kayshawn Boutte. Now, before we jump into what we disagree on, we both agree Kayshawn Boutte is going to be phenomenal, but ironically, neither one of us had him as our wide receiver one. He was both of our wide receiver two. Uh, and I think that's, that's interesting. The reason why he got the first place is because we used a composite scoring method, not just like averaging the ranks. So that way point values were instilled, and that's why he took number one. But I'm okay with it. Um, if you were to tell me that your number one is Kayshawn Boutte, I would agree. And here's why. He is a five-star recruit. He was the third highest wide receiver coming out in his class. He was a varsity track star who finished in a uh, top three in like a variety of metrics in his divisional state championship. Through high school, he was an explosive athlete who took snaps out of running back and wide receiver. He averaged 874 rushing yards and 12 rushing touchdowns, over 1,000 yard receiving every year and 15 plus touchdowns. Remarkable athletic profile, does everything great. But the reason I love him so much is because the last year in the SEC as a true freshman, he dominated. And I, when I say dominated, I mean dominated. And it was after Terrace Marshall left and, and, and opted out. So he was taking on SEC corner ones and was making them look stupid. Every single play. Kayshawn Boutte, unbelievable. Uh, catch radius, separation off the line, slot. He can break off uh, of press coverage like it's nothing. Kayshawn Boutte, he is our consensus wide receiver one, uh, my consensus wide, or my wide receiver two, and yours. Do you have any thoughts you would like to tell the people about this Kayshawn Boutte guy? Yeah, man, um, like you said, you've busted it down. I know mean, you've kind of said everything there is to say. I will say that the, um, the route running is something that I was surprised by. When I started watching the film, I, was like, I know he's a freak athlete, and, and, but I also know he's a true freshman, right? And I was like, ah, we'll see. Um, that it was open all the time. And like you said, against great corners, it didn't matter. And in case you're unaware, LSU's offense wasn't great this year, right? So it's not like he was just part of something great. No, he himself was great. And that's about it, um, at least for the offense. Um, and so I was just consistently impressed. Like you said, he's so strong. And then he, like he, I can't think of maybe your wide receiver one who we'll talk about later might be the only guy on this list that I would prefer to have on a 10-yard on a dig. Like, I just – I could not get enough, though, of his explosion and, like, his catch radius, his athleticism. He stands out in the SEC on the outside, which is – that's enough that everyone should be paying attention to. Yeah, Keishon Boutte, uh, LSU wide receiver, 2023 class. Keep an eye on him, especially in this Debbie draft. I promise you, the Debbie draft will not end before he's taken. In fact, he may be taken relatively early, depending on how y'all uh, gauge him. But uh, let's talk about our wide receiver ones for just a moment here. Um, Justin, who is your wide receiver one in Debbie? Well, uh, so on the list, I have a guy named Garrett Wilson as my wide receiver one. Um, and as we got on to talk about the show, I was like, I need to talk to you. I need to have a little heart-to-heart, -heart, Bishop, um, because I'm watching film again. 
and Garrett Wilson is just not athletic enough. Now let's talk about the good parts of Garrett Wilson, and then I'll rapidly tell you who I think my receiver one is. Um, but Garrett Wilson, phenomenal route running. But I think he's I think he's going to run, and he's going to be slower than we think and weaker than we hope. And then his five ten, and then his cone drill is going to be really good, and we're going to be like okay. And I think his explosion, everything else, his explosive metrics will be very average. I'm expecting like 50th percentile on everything. I think he's just going to be the most average guy outside of his route running and outside of his catching, which is I mean, it's two of the most important characteristics a receiver can have. And I think he'll have a nice, long career. Um, but that doesn't mean you want Golden Tate on your fantasy team, right? Um, not saying he has Golden Tate. I'm just saying that's also the skill set of Golden Tate. Um, and so Garrett Wilson, as of three hours ago, was my wide receiver one. Um, now he's my wide receiver, I don't know, not one. Either, either probably three, probably three. Um, and that would mean that my number one, and I don't have to go into everything about him because we already did, would be Keishon Boutte. Uh, I just, we're talking, I, I, I think that that's a move I have to make simply because of the ceiling. I think, I think Garrett Wilson's ceiling is capped. I think his floor is extremely high. Um, I mean, he's just, like I said, his floor is like 650 receiving yards on like 40 catches every single year. Like he's just, he's going to be around no matter what. And if you're in a really deep league, I think you should consider picking him up. But his ceiling, I think, is a little capped. I don't, I don't think he could ever be the wide receiver one versus how Keishon Boutte and the guy you're about to bring up both have the athletic profiles to be the wide receiver one in a given year. And to throw some defense your way about Garrett Wilson, according to the opening finals, which again is that like high school combine that players can run at, it's verified. It's all the same metrics that the NFL combine uses, very, very similar. He ran a 4.6340, so not terrible. Yeah, especially uh, as an 18 year old. Yeah, he had a 4.2 yeah, shuttle. That, so that shuttle is going to get him somewhere, man. I'm telling you, that cone yes. is awesome. He's going to be open all the time. I just, I wish he was two inches taller. I'm allowed to say and that. I, he's, yeah, he's like 5'11", and I wish he wasn't 175 pounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, Devonta man. Smith, that's that's the comp. Yeah, um, man. So I, and I think he put on some pounds since. I think he's like one, I, I, I saw he was playing like that 185 last year. But yeah. still, like, man, if he was, if, if nothing changed, except he was two inches taller, I'd be in. Nothing changed, he was 10 pounds heavier. Uh, that's the thing changing. for me if he if yeah. he comes in at six foot 200 pounds then we're having a different conversation but I think you're fair quite frankly I think Keyshawn Boutte is I mean good gracious he is the <laughs> one of the best wide receiving prospects I think I've ever seen uh coming yeah. out of high school now he's he still has a long way before I can deem him like even a top 10 of the guys I've seen but man he could be wide receiver one of his class and I think he deserves to be wide receiver one in Debbie my wide receiver one though is my boy Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks. I know. And no one's talking about him, and I don't understand okay. it. He's 6'3, he's 225, and he is an absolute freak. Let's just break it down real quick here because we got things to do. We got more to talk about, and I could talk about him all day long. He actually started as running back for his high school, running 114 times for, get this, 936 yards. That's 8.2 yards a carry. That's pretty dang good. 27 rushing touchdowns. 27. He also had 45 receptions for 1,100 yards and 13 receiving touchdowns, which averages out to 25.2 yards a catch. Uh, his freshman year, he had 20.6 of his team's receiving yards. And also, and this is the thing that blew my mind, he also returned punts. 6'3", 
225 punt returner. And not only was he a punt returner, he averaged almost 11 yards a punt. A punt, not a kick, a punt. When he catches it, he gets 11 yards before he's tackled on the punt team. Not to mention, he plays for Arkansas. So let me ask, Justin, what teams was he playing when he was averaging 11 yards a punt? Well, Arkansas sucks, so he plays sucky teams, right? No, he plays in the SEC, <laughs> and he manhandled everyone. Incredible return specialist and alpha wide receiver. And by the way, he came in this year, and he performed at 34.1% of his team's receiving yards. He had more than a third of his total passing offense to himself. Traylon Burks, my wide receiver one, anything you want. You want speed, he's got it. You want height, he's got it. Size, he's got it. You want an alpha on the outside, got it. You want a slot guy, got it. You need a kick returner, got it. You want a running back to throw in on a weird change of direction, got it. He also played quarterback as a sophomore in high school. So you need him to throw the ball, he's got you. He is everything, and I love him. My wide receiver one, Traylon Burks. Y'all here to scout my boy, Booby? Man, I'd say that boy can run the ball, catch the ball. He'll take out the trash. He'll check the mail. Oh, oh, and he can pass. <laughs> you are Booby Miles' uncle, and that's okay. Uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Traylon Burks is my guy, though. Let me ask you this, Justin. Let me ask you this. Okay, so you're on the clock, and you have a choice in a theoretical universe you're pulling the trigger on LaVisca Chenault or Traylon Burks, who are very similar in their comps. Who are you taking? And, uh, probably probably – ah, that's so tough because LaVisca uh, – no, it's Traylon Burks. It's wow. Traylon. Yeah, well, I'm, you, I'm, it's – I'm a little lower on Chenault than you are, and you're making me believe in Traylon Burks. <laughs> that's a fair point. I, I, yeah, I would, I would actually probably take Chenault. But I would I, – I mean, I, I mean, also love Burks. He's – I mean, I don't – Chenault's going to be the wide receiver three on a really good offense this year, so I think he's that's going to okay. be the wide receiver – he's going to be the wide receiver one on a really good offense this year. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on here to some of our biggest disagreements. Um, so, as we kind of looked at our rankings, we found that a couple of times we were very off on players. Uh, I think most notably is George Pickens. George Pickens is a guy that I almost put as my wide receiver one. He ended up as my wide receiver three, but that's just because Kayshawn Boutte is, well, Kayshawn Boutte. Um, and he, did has, he does have an ACL injury. Let me kind of give you quickly why I love me some George Pickens, and then you can tell me why I'm crazy. Um, so, <clears throat> George Pickens. He's George Pickens. <laughs> okay, your turn. Tell me why he's seven for you. Why so low? Let me let me ask you this, Bishop. I think I can. Do you, I, do you think that I can accurately predict how many catches he's going to have this season? I feel like I can. I feel like I have that 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 ability to look into the crystal ball, and so he's going to get about around zero catches for around zero yards and zero touchdowns. And it's not because he's opting out; it's because he tore his ACL. Um, this isn't the first time he's been hurt. I'm a little concerned by that. I want to see a full. I want to see a full profile, and I'm not being able to see that. He's explosive. He's big. He's strong. Uh, he's going to be super talented. Um, I wide receiver seven. I think is super respectful for a guy who's not going to be able to play his second full season. Um, I, that is, this isn't shade, um, but this is saying there's enough question marks that I would rather have six guys, right? Which only six. <laughs> We're talking about. The Garrett Wilsons, the Keishawn Boutte's, the Trayvon, we're talking about those guys of the world, right? 
I think it's okay to slide him down a little bit and take some of these guys that, like I said, I'll take Chris Olave's floor over George Pickens' floor at this point, right? And Debbie's all about ceiling, and it's some, also all about floor. I don't know, just like trying to balance what's most important to you and where you're going to be able to get, where you're going to have to take Pickens, you have to drop them at a ceiling. And that's enough for me to slide him down the ranks. And uh, I didn't really do a fair assessment. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to kind of set up, you know, why you're against him. Um, <clears throat> he played eight games last season. He caught the ball 36 times, which is very respectful, for 513 yards and six touchdowns. His true freshman year at Georgia, again, against the SEC opponents, uh, had almost 800 yards receiving and eight touchdowns, averaging 14.8 yards a catch. Dude is a freak athlete. I don't think either one of us is disagreeing with that. And I think both of us wouldn't be surprised in a universe where he is the wide receiver one. Uh, it's honestly just no. he could also be Laquan Treadwell, uh, depending on how he bounces back from his injury. So I, I think George Pickens still deserves to be in the top three conversation. But I totally respect your, your view on that because that injury is kind of scary, uh, especially look, I hate to keep using Laquan Treadwell. But Laquan Treadwell was that perfect prospect until that hip injury that kind of ended him. Uh, Marcus Lattimore, uh, running back out of South Carolina. Yeah, stuff like that yeah. happens, and it just it just blows um, it just blows up his fantasy value long term. Right. Well, and I, I still have him above Justin Ross, who I mentioned earlier, right? Um, because of simply the profile, right? Because I think he is more explosive and a, a better receiver prospect when healthy than Justin Ross is when healthy. Despite them both coming off of injuries, you know what I mean? I, I still have him above Justin Ross. So just just to point that out, like I do respect the profile a ton. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I, I, and I think and everyone does. Just watch a highlight film of him and he'll blow you away with what he can do. Uh, let's move on to our next little disagreement. And this one is actually could get pretty heated. So buckle <laughs> in, everybody. Uh, it's our running back, Debbie running back two debate. Now, we both have the same Debbie running back one, and there's really nothing to talk about. Bijan Robinson out of the University of Texas, 2023 prospect, is, I mean, he's Saquon Barkley. I mean, he just is. Like, he's going to be. I don't know. And that's not even just us. Yeah, I know. Some of us some of us have first round picks, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like in all seriousness like yeah. if 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 he could come out after his true freshman year. He would be the running back one this year. That's yeah, I mean, like legitimately. Legitimately, that's something that's, like that's seriously consider that. Seriously consider that. If Bijan Robinson and Etienne and Najee Harris could all come out after their best year, okay? Or after their first year of greatness, Bijan Robinson would still be younger than both of them, still have a better profile than both of them, and be the running back one. Now, yeah. taken to the fact that Najee Harris is like 30, and ETN stayed for another year as well, now you're looking at it for sure. He's, I mean, this is, Bijan Robinson's amazing. Absolutely tremendous. Like you said, he's Saquon. And hopefully he'll stay healthy and be like Christian McCaffrey, right? Like, that's the thing. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, like, in true, true, true fairness, this isn't just us talking. I, I didn't, I tried really, I did not look at any Debbie rankings until I did my own Debbie rankings because I wanted to come at it unbiased. I looked at everyone and he's one or two on everybody's list. Bijan is, I mean, he's, he's insane. So we're not going to spend time talking about Bijan because Bijan is fantastic. We're going to have a discussion on our running back two. Um, so you have who as your running back two? C.J. Spiller, no, I'm just kidding. Isaiah Spiller, running back for Texas A&M. you want me to go on about that? Yeah, or, tell me about okay, it. Okay, sure. So Isaiah Spiller, um, obviously I live in Southeast Texas. Um, so 
I get to see a whole lot of the two best running backs in heavy this uh, for the coming up two drafts, which is Isaiah Spiller, 2022 RB1. And then I get to see a whole lot of Bijan Robinson from Austin, 2023 RB1. Um, and like we talked about, I'm going to tell you about the film of Isaiah Spiller. This is a guy that as I'm watching games, he is consistently getting to the, he gets wherever he wants on the field. Um, he gets, if it's supposed to go in the B gap, he finds a way to score through the B gap. If it's supposed to go on the edge, he's able to get there. Um, but what I like about him is that he not only can break tackles, which is obviously crucial. Like in the NFL, you're not able to just run wild, but he's able to avoid tacklers, which is good for the longevity of his play. Uh, but his play style sets himself up to all, always, always be moving forward, always getting more yards, always be, getting, be that first down, like a running back that gets first downs. Um, He's able to get – he's great out of the backfield. He's electric. They love to get him on screens and wheels. They love to get him coming out of the backfield. Um, and he is able to – I mean, and he's he outruns the secondary when he gets out there too. I mean, this dude literally is absolutely electric. I and mean, this is – for me, I can't get enough of this guy. Like, I think Bijan's in a tier of his own. I, at the, I have Spiller in a, in a tier of his own now, I think, legitimately, the more I think about it. I think he is – I think it's – one and two, and then everybody else, um, including who we're about to talk about. Um, but one of the cool things that people don't talk about is this this AM offense next year might be one of the greatest college offenses, at least of the 2020s, that we, or at least of the last 10 years. I mean, um, he's going to be, it's going to be tremendous. And he stood out last year with should be three NFL running backs on the roster. And which is, how do, how do you even do that? What is that? You know, like we, Alvin Kamara, for example, transferred out of Alabama because he looked around at who else was in the room. And he was like, I got to get out of here because I got to play and I've got money to make, right? Uh, Spiller is that guy who is absolutely standing out that everyone else should be looking around saying, maybe I need to get out of here because he is that guy and he's going to take over. Um, so I'm all in on Isaiah Spiller. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I don't have analytics for you. This is simply from, pure, from, from film study. Um, he is the guy. And he makes SEC West defenses look silly. I want to say, first and foremost, before I disagree with you, um, that I agree with you that he is the guy. And I believe that he truly is a special talent that's going to be a fantasy asset for, for years. But I don't think he's running back two. I think another guy is Brees Hall, running back out of Iowa State, 2022 class eligible. Um, and here's the reason why. He has dominated since he walked on campus. I mean, honestly, he walked into Iowa State and became their entire offense. As a true freshman, he led the team in rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and was fifth on the team in receptions. He did everything, everything you could possibly ask for. And then he, not only that, but he accounted for 21% of the offense last year. He was the offense, like running, passing, uh, catching, anything you needed, he could do. And he did it well. He also led a Heisman Trophy. He was a Heisman Trophy candidate, six on the list, based on what he was able to do, rushing for 1,572 yards, 21 touchdowns, and 180 yards through the air with two extra touchdowns there. He led the, the NCAA in rushing yards. He was number two in rushing touchdowns, number three in yards from scrimmage, number three in total touchdowns. And he did all of this while maintaining almost six yards a carry and nearly eight yards a catch. He single-handedly, single-handedly produced 34% of the offense of Iowa State his sophomore year. So he produced 20% of it his freshman year, 34% of the offense his sophomore year, and he's going into his junior year. Uh, believe me when I say Brees Hall is that guy. He's that special. You look at his yards per separation on, on routes when he's covered by linebackers. You look at his pass blocking. I think he is the complete package. 
and I'm really excited to see him moving forward. I think Isaiah Spiller could be the guy. I think Brees Hall is the guy. So talk to, let's, let's do this real fast, guys. Let's go debate style a little bit. Tell me exactly, like put name to it, of separate Brees Hall from Isaiah Spiller specifically. Like you tell me why Brees Hall is great. Does that make sense? Now say, this is why Justin's wrong. Does that make sense? And then I'm going to do the yeah. same to you, transparently. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think um, Brees Hall has two things that Isaiah Spiller doesn't. First, I think it is remarkable two-step burst when he's able to find and identify the hole and get to it quickly. His vision is great. So I would say if I could give you one thing to say, Isaiah Spiller is here, Brees Hall is here, it's his vision, and cut. Uh, I think that is what separates the two. All right. I think that you're right. It is what Brees Hall has that Isaiah Spiller doesn't that separates the two. And it's Brees Hall going against Big 12 defenses, man. He's got it. You're so right. You're so right, man. I, I, sadly, Isaiah Spiller plays in the single best division in college football and had to go against Alabama, Auburn, all these, you know, LSU, all these great defenses. And so I, 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 when I'm watching him play and the way that he's able, I, I genuinely think that he would, I don't know if he can outperform a, what is that, a 34% of the offense, like that, that dominator ring. <laughs> it's hard to beat. Uh, but I think, I think he would be, as good in that offense, if not better, um, probably better. I would say I have to say better because I think that he's better than him. So I think he'd be even more special if he was able to go against the trash that, the, that is the Big 12 defense. So there's that. That hurts. That hurts. But I'm excited <laughs> to see this debate moving forward. And quite frankly, you know, all just aside, if you go Isaiah Spiller, you go Brees Hall, I think you can't go wrong either way. I think honestly, we're, you're splitting hairs like this year's class, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne. I mean, who you want yeah. more, who you it's it's up to you in preference, dealer's choice. But I believe Brees Hall has a workhorse capacity in the NFL, as do as does Isaiah Spiller. Yeah, Brees Hall is my running back three. <laughs> right. Like I'll, I'll tell you all that. Okay. Like one is Bijan, two is Spiller, three is Brees Hall. Like I, they're all there for me. You know, like so there's this isn't like Brees Hall's trash. I think <laughs> you know, I'm definitely not saying that. And I don't think you're saying the same thing about Spiller. Either. No. Yeah, ironically, those are my top three as well. Bijan, yeah. Brees Hall, and Isaiah Spiller in that order. So anyway, I think all that being said, that's that kind of ends out our running back conversation for now. We're going to come back and at the end of the show with one more running back that's very divisive between the two of us. And that one may actually end in, in assault. <laughs> but uh, let's quickly pivot to another uh, wide receiver who kind of caused some disagreement between you and I. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett is my wide receiver six. He's your wide receiver 13. That's a kind of a big <laughs> drop in ranking. Um, barely out of my top five, not even in your top 10. Um, let me give you why I love him. And then I want you to kind of debate style with me a little bit. You can tell me why you don't then, you know, ask some questions. I actually think wide receiver low, a six may be too, uh, low. I think there is a very real possibility if it wasn't for a guy named Keishon Boutte, he would be wide receiver one in the 2023 class. He could be the wide receiver two overall. Um, and I think he is special. He's six foot and a half an inch, 208 pounds five-star recruit, and he only played in three games last season. That's it. We only saw him on the field for three games, and in those three games, he had 17 receptions, 252 yards, and two touchdowns. And what's even more incredible is he didn't start game one. So he basically did that in two games. And it's insane. Uh, his production is incredible. He's very, very fast, stupid fast, Jalen Waddle fast. But what impressed me last year was his precision. He was a route-running phenom. And he had strong hands through the point of contact. Uh, smart and our start and stop capabilities, I think, are better than anyone 
in my entire Debbie rankings. And he's the youngest guy. I mean, like he, anybody, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, even Traylon Burks, no one in my list has his ability to stop and go in a different direction and fully accelerate. I mean, zero to 60 in like no time flat. I think he could truly be something at the next level. What is your thoughts on Rakeem Jarrett, wide receiver, 2023 out of Maryland? Yeah, man. Um, so he's good, you know, I, and I like that offense right now with, uh, to his little brother, right, as the quarterback there. Uh, Maryland, Maryland's coming, man. There's some, there's some teams in the Big Ten that deserve some respect. Um, Rutgers is one of them, um, kind of really coming along, getting great talent. Um, but like you said, we, we only saw him in three games. And in those three games, he looked great. Uh, yeah, he beat a Penn State defense that looked abysmal this year. He like that literally won't have a defense like else when it comes to their secondary. I mean, this is it's it's not pretty out there in Penn State right now. Um, then he and he went off. That was his best game. His second best game was against Minnesota in an overtime game, which we know what Minnesota was this year. And then his third best game was the other game was against Rutgers, who were they're coming along. They lost to Michigan this year. Um, <laughs> burn on my own school. Uh, and so if you lose to if you lose to Michigan last year, then what's not great? Um, the single best thing Michigan did last year was not play Ohio State. <laughs> okay, that would have been the the worst. I wouldn't have gotten that game. I don't think. Um, but all that to say, like it. Yes, in three games he looked great. In those three games, they're not against defenses that I overly respect and that should be respected necessarily. Um, like you said, he looks great. Like I have, I'm not anti him. And honestly, I think having a guy that's only played three games on a list of top 15 guys at a position that's really deep is mad respect. So when I say to you, all, all, all I'm really saying to you that I think you're wrong on is that it's way too high for a guy we haven't seen do anything of consequence, really. Like I, I get he had three real, like five for 144 and two. Let's not pretend that that's nothing, right? Um, like I said, it was against Penn State. Every, everybody was doing that. Um, and so I'm just I, – I need – I want to see a little bit more before he's able to get into my top ten over – we've talked about the names, right? These guys are absolutely ridiculous that are above him. Um, like, yeah, and we're not even talking – I'm not going to give you all my list or anything. That's the whole point of this. But, like, in our consensus rankings are some receivers that are absolute bona fide studs above him, and that's okay because he can be that guy. He's just not that guy yet. Um, you're the one that put him on my radar. I looked at your rankings. I started watching some film. And I changed my rankings. He went from not on my list because I didn't know who the heck he was to in my top 15. So mad respect for that. Just a little early for me. I'm going to hold off a little bit more when it comes to my rankings. No, I respect that. And I, I mean, I'm a little bullish. I'm very bullish on him and his potential. Um, I mean, I'm not going to tell you my rankings because, again, that kind of defeats <laughs> the purpose of us hiding behind consensus rankings <laughs> so we don't give away our draft strategy. But I do have him uh, over Chris Olave. I do have him over Drake London. John Mechie and more. So I am when I say that's tough. When I say I'm high on him, I am high on him. Wow. I get it. I get it. And I think next year when we're having this conversation, he's in your top five. We may both agree. But yeah. he also could be out of my top 10, depending on I mean, we've only seen him for three games. Special right. three games, but three games <laughs> nonetheless. Well, and if he becomes the guy that you think he can be, it's gonna be a lot of fun to see what happens to his quarterback. How high does how high does he climb if he's able to support a receiver like that? But we'll see. We'll see. So now let's get to the biggest point of contention. Um, the biggest point of contention that we have is a guy by the name of Tank Bigsby out of Auburn, oh. running back <laughs> eligible 2023. Ooh, tank okay. the want... tank. <laughs> yeah. I'll let you go. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to? Uh, I think – 
I think you should go first on this one because you your your love for him exceeds my hate for him. I don't know if that's true. I don't like him. So you go ahead. You go ahead <laughs> okay, so this kid is special. Like he yeah. is just special. Verified six foot, two hundred and ten pound four star. At the openings last year, he ran a four five five forty. That is straight up fast for an eighteen year old, marking one of the best times running back in his class. You pair that to his to the start of his career at Auburn in the SEC last year. I mean, truly blew my mind. He comes out and immediately made a mark as a kick returner. Hadn't even touched the field as a running back. Came out as a kick returner and averaged three hundred uh, 24.9 yards of return in four games, getting 306 kick return yards. That won him a, a spot in week two where he worked himself in the lineup, not as a bell cow, no, as a pass-catching specialist. So he comes in to be the third down receiving guy. And you know what? He gets seven receptions in one game for, for 70 yards. Nearly 10 yards a pop. I mean, like, insane. Insane. And then he wins the starting job in week three and he never looks back. In the SEC, bulldozing and dominating people over the final seven games, pulverized the SEC for 788 yards and five touchdowns. That's over 100 yards a game and five touchdowns. Superb speed. Great size, good hands, remarkable strength, great pass blocker. Everything I want in a running back, he is the guy. He could be RB1, RB1 in 2020. No, he can't. He can't be Bijan. He could be running back two in 2023 uh, above some guys that I have ahead of him. I legitimately love this guy, Tank Bigsby. And you hate him. For some unknown reason, tell the people why you're wrong. There's a song. There's a song that exists that's called I'm Too Sexy. Now, had I not put it in the notes, Bishop, would you have known who sang that song? No, because Right Said Fred only has one, has one hit ever, okay? And it's a great one, right? Everyone, I'm um, too sexy. It's, it's my literal mantra. No, I'm just kidding. It's not my mantra. Um, but <laughs> here, this is why I'm concerned by him. That song is fun. It's iconic. It's a song that we both that and we both know. And it was way before our time. Our kids will know. It, at least my kids will, right? Um, I don't know why I'm joking so much about this, but like, it's a it's a song that transcends time, right? Even though it's one song, and right, said Fred will forever be rich because of this one song. I think what we're gonna see with Tank Biz Bigsby is one season, and I'm talking about the NFL. I think he's gonna have one or two seasons in the NFL, maybe, maybe before he gets hurt, and it's because of run style. Every single time he touches the football, he makes football look like the hardest sport in the world to play. And maybe it is, but my goodness, he makes running back look impossible. It looks like you have to run straight into the chest of a defender, no matter his size, and put your shoulder into him, and high step your way through him, and then drag defenders for another couple of yards. And it's like, yeah, that's great for your 19-year-old body. That's phenomenal for your 19 I love that for you, Tank. Enjoy it. Auburn will love you for it as well. But you're going to get hurt because you can't play like that in the NFL. No, no running back besides Derrick Henry plays like that in the NFL right now. Right, none of them. It's not the guys that get, through, especially if you're gonna look at receiving work, right? And I, so I think something's got to give here, and I think it's gonna be his body. And I don't say this; I'm not happy about this. Like this isn't something I'm not gonna. If he does get hurt, I'm not gonna call Bishop and say I told you so, right? I'm gonna drive to Bishop with Kleenex, right? Because he's gonna, because it's gonna be sad for both of us. I don't want that for him, but I don't know if he's gonna be able to be in every down, 
200 something touch kind of guy. And I don't, I, he's going to have, he needs to be a receiving specialist. If he becomes a receiving specialist only and limits those touches, yeah, he climbs up my rankings, which is weird to say, but it's where I'm at. That running style terrifies me. And like you said, I have him at my RB9, despite my full belief in his talent. But I just, I, I, he makes football look like the single hardest thing you've ever done in your life. And I just don't think I want that on my running back. Yeah, I, I and I get all that. I think uh, I think there is some risk to that. And uh, when I draft him, inevitably, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay up at night and worry, and I'm gonna watch <laughs> every single game that he plays on for the next couple of years at Auburn, just on the edge of my seat. Yes, bite. I'm gonna have yeah. no fingernails as I watch <laughs> him lower his shoulder into Alabama running backs for the next two years. Uh, but I do really think he's special. And I think we both agree on his talent. It's just his run style mm-hmm. that uh, it's 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 difficult. Let's, uh, let's end out the show here, and what we're going to do is touch on the players that one of us had in our lists that the other one didn't. So, you had C.J. Verdell on your list, uh, and I didn't. What do you see in C.J. Verdell out of Oregon that Bishop Darby needs to know? Yeah, so let's, let's – okay, you're a numbers guy, right, Bishop? So, if I'm trying to paint you a picture real fast, he has 2,000-yard seasons and a power five. The only one, like last year, sorry, it's the Pac-12 owes him an apology for not letting him go for the three P because he only got like four games or whatever it is because the Pac-12 was very late to the party, um, which is, I'm not, it's just, that, that's where there was some was and that's fine. He's over 200 pounds, which as a listener of the Roto Underworld, I'm guessing that's really important to you when drafting an NFL, uh, you know, rookie in a couple of years. He's heavily util- utilized in the passing game. He has a plethora of receptions. This is a guy that they love to get him on the little flats and get him out there and get him out in space. He is today's Javante Williams with breakaway speed. Oh, and he's also the feature back of his backfield, unlike Javante Williams. So that's that's slander that doesn't belong in this show, but that's another conversation. Um, and so CJ Verdell, man, he I, I mentioned he's able to break away. He has breakaway speed, and he's over two hundred pounds. At that point, I mean, I just don't, I mean, at that point, I don't know what there is not to like about him. Um, and so I'm all in. I'm all in. Like I said, he's not, he's my running back 11, right? He's not anything crazy, but he's someone that I'm for sure, like, if he's available to me kind of late in the strap, I'll be looking for. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. And uh, he's a guy that I have to keep my eye on moving forward. Um, you kind of turned me on to him. I, I knew of him, but I wasn't a huge fan. Broke out some numbers and he's very interesting. Um, here's a guy on my list that didn't make yours. My running back 12 is a guy named Ramon Davis out of Temple. Uh, he's kind of a small school value pick, I guess you could say. He's 5'9", 210. So short, but he's big. Very stocky, low center of gravity that, that I like. Uh, managed to win the backfield over as a true freshman, running for 936 yards and eight touchdowns, adding 15 receptions and 181 yards through the air. What stood out to me, though, was his efficiency numbers. His yards after contact, he had 4.8 yards per attempt, and that's not great. Like, I'm just going to be real with you. Small school guy who only gets 4.8 yards a carry, that, that's a turnoff for me. Until you look at that these other running backs, mates, got 0.7 yards less per carry. Almost a full yard. That means he hits the hole. He's getting an extra yard in what was a terrible offensive line. You're a film guy. I'd encourage you to go watch that film. He wasn't picking the wrong hole. He was picking the right hole. There just wasn't one to choose. And so that, that made it very hard on him. But he did separate himself in his pass receptions, averaging almost uh, over 12 yards a catch, which means when he got the ball in space, usually on a check down behind line of scrimmage, he made something happen. Um, I'm, he's, a t- he's a talent to keep an eye on. He has a great contact evasiveness. 
where he's not taking full hits. He's only getting sideswiped by people. Uh, he has a very quick first step, and he has a very low center of gravity. So even if you get your hands on him, you're not taking him down. He's a guy that I think everyone should keep their eye on. Um, and a guy that, that uh, I, I put on my list, but you didn't have on yours. Um, the next guy kind of that you had that I didn't is a guy you're very passionate to tell me why I'm wrong. Go for it, man. Tell us about him. Man, this is a – I don't even want to talk about him because I don't want him on y'all's radar. <laughs> I don't, I, and, and a lot of y'all won't know this name, uh, but I'm so in on this guy. Anias Smith, running back, question mark, for Texas A&M, running back slash receiver for Texas A&M. He was a receiver, converted to running back, and last year had 43 catches. And I think he had around 90 uh, run, rushing attempts. I need to verify that. But – um, he's an incredible athlete, ready for the new age running back workload. He immediate, boom, immediate fantasy relevance. He's going to add whatever team gets him in the second to third round in a, in next year is going to have a spot for him in that receiving game. Um, his, his ceiling is awesome. Is, is Alvin Kamara. His ceiling is Alvin Kamara. Literally. He is that fast. He is that athletic. Um, he has, and he has the of amazing hands. I mean, that dude just, he catches everything thrown his way. His ceiling is Alvin Kamara. And I'll be drafting him at like his like ceiling fan, right? Right below that ceiling. Uh, but I'll be looking at man. I the converted wide receiver to running backs uh, narrative uh, at an SEC school, able to come out of the backfield and be that athletic. Um, I, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. He's the kind of guy that honestly I was shocked that I I kind of I did my research on him and I was like, man, I bet I don't have him high enough compared to Bishop. And lo and behold. I was a little higher on him than you were. And so that really surprised me. So Anaya Smith, Texas A&M, uh, running back 2022. Um, and I, I got to say, he's someone that um, you, you kind of turned me on to, to be honest. Uh, I just didn't know of him. And then I started researching him and kind of, I introduced you to Rakeem Jarrett. You yep, introduced yep. me to Anaya Smith and I'm all in. I'm getting there. Um, I've been <laughs> yeah. doing some number crunching and stuff. I don't, don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Okay. Yeah, forget that man. He doesn't exist. Um, <laughs> I uh, I had another guy on my list that you didn't have on yours, and I'm kind of really high on, maybe too high on. Uh, Demonte Trianum out of Arizona State is a guy. He's a 2023 prospect, so he's in a stat class. That's not great. And he doesn't even have the starting job. Like, that's also something that needs to be said. He is in definitely what is a, a split backfield. But we only saw him for four games. There's another thing against him. I feel like I'm not selling him well. But let me get there. <laughs> I'll get to the good part in just a second. In those games, he ran the ball 49 times for 290 yards and four touchdowns. So he averaged a touchdown a game, <clears throat> now averaging six yards a carry and scored on every 12 plays. So every 12 plays that he had the ball, he scored a touchdown extrapolating a full workload through a full season, averaging what Arizona State's offense looked like in their efficiency metrics. Here's what I came out with on an extrapolated season. 23 and a half regular season touchdowns. 23 and a half. True freshman. As a senior in high school, he decided to measure and run at the opening finals, and he ended up being uh, measured in at 5'11 and a half, 218 pounds. And ran a verified 40 out of 463. That's lightning. That is, he's all, he has a better speed score than present day Javante Williams. He has a higher <laughs> freak score than present day Javante Williams. He is Javante Williams with speed. I love this kid. And I'm excited to see what he can do. 
Um, so I think he could be the best athlete in the 2023 class. I think he could be the best athlete. Wow. I think he could wow. be a better athlete than B. John Robinson. Wow. Athlete. Not saying he's going to be a better running back. Not even sure he's going to play running back. And if he could be a wide receiver, I don't know. But I'm telling you, this guy's on my radar. And I, I definitely will be t- leaving this draft with him um, in the late rounds, taking a shot on a guy who could be legitimately a top five RB, uh, RB slash wide receiver in 2023. I love it. Well, thanks, for putting them on our, put, thanks for putting them on our – those last two guys are guys that I, I mean – not many people are going to have their eye on, you know, pretty this show. I think, I mean, I did have an eye on DeMonte, uh, Tra- how do you say his last name? DeMonte Traino. DeMonte Traino. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and I had to learn how to say Anias because it's A-I-N-I-A-S. I was like, oh, the way I want to say this isn't the way his name is. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, uh, I, you know, this is this is the point of the show. Uh, guys, I hope you listen to this because, honestly, what we're trying to do is just expose you to names that are going to be beneficial, going to be advantageous. We want to make sure everyone's educated. We want our league to be competitive. We want people to know what they're doing and not panic at the draft spot. So we're going to share our consensus rankings. I hope you take a moment and look at it. I hope you reference this podcast names of the people that we're talking about because these guys are going to be the fantasy football stars of tomorrow um and i don't know how you're balancing your draft between 2021 and 2023 that's up to you and everyone's going to be different but i'll tell you there are some of these debbie guys you need to keep your eye on as this debbie draft goes forward so thank you so much for your time next week we're going to do a pod doing the exact same thing with our draft class of 2021 Plus, we're going to go to tight end university where Justin is going to show us how he scouts tight ends. And I will talk a little bit about scouting quarterbacks, positions that generally and historically we're pretty good at. Uh, I'm, I'm probably best at wide receiver and you're probably best at running back, but we're not going to share those secrets because we got to keep some competitive <laughs> advantage moving forward. That's right. That's and, right. Anything else you want to say to the people? Hey, no, it's, it's good. I'm excited for our draft. Looking forward to that with everybody. Um, looking forward to the NFL draft that's coming Thursday. Uh, be sure to watch. Can't wait. Okay, everybody. Well, until then, I hope you have a good rest of the day, and uh, let's, let's get ready for this draft. <laughs>